one of us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Good morning, all. Welcome to the show today. I'm so glad that you are with us. Uh, so I don't forget later on, I'll remind you uh, right off the bat that I'm here to help you with your financial needs, your retirement income planning, or effectively adding charitable giving to your financial plan or your estate planning. Uh, people often contact me when they have a concern. They might be concerned that they're making a mistake that's costing them money, or sometimes they're unaware of something that is costing them money. I offer a no-obligation, 30-minute telephone consultation to respond to any concerns that you may have. Send me an email anytime. The address is lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. We're just past the Labor Day weekend, uh, which I spent in the Ganaraska Forest again with uh, my horse, Arrow. Uh, I was so pleased with him today. Uh, some of the horses got into into some bees and uh, really got um, excited. Some of them uh, tried to roll in the bees, and, of course, that meant that their riders also were put down into the into the bees and uh, the next horse wouldn't turn around because it wanted to go with its friend who was already into the bees and uh, that horse ended up bucking and running into trees and all kinds of things and my horse I just asked him to back up and we backed quite a ways down the trail and then we turned into the bush and met up with the other horses down the road. If you don't know horses, you might not know that, that that's a really big deal for one horse to say, stay calm when the others are, are uh, all getting really excited because usually that excitement goes through the, the, whole, um, the whole group of horses. So uh, very pleased with Arrow this weekend, and uh, we had a beautiful ride. The weather was great there, um, so really had a great long weekend. The topic of our show today is what everyone ought to know about mainstream media and the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. And my guest is Tanya McIntyre. Does watching the news ever make you feel anxious? Do the headlines elicit fear? Does the coverage leave you with more questions than answers? Do you ever feel that you're being manipulated? And... When you see your friends dropping water on their heads for charity, does that leave you with some questions as well? Um, it may be a good idea every once in a while that we give a little bit of pause and consider how the media is influencing us. Uh, this is the topic we're going to cover today. Uh, Tanya McIntyre is a former broadcast journalist who spent 22 years being immersed in negative news with corporate agendas that were in conflict with her conscience. She made a bold decision to walk away from her prominent career to pursue, to pursue a more positive lifestyle and vocation. Tanya and her husband lived in Mallorca, Spain for four years to experience a new culture and a new language and enjoy the warm climate. 
Then they returned to Ontario, Canada in 2011 to embark on yet another journey while living closer to family. Tanya is now a successful entrepreneur in the automotive industry and is joining us to talk about her passion for positive media and her mission to have everyone take a media fast. Good morning, Tanya. Hi there, Lynn. Great to be here. We're very pleased to have you here with us today. Um, How was your Labor Day weekend? Fantastic. I love uh, staycations. I've had (laughs) a lot of traveling in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. You mentioned our four years in Mallorca, Spain, and I've had opportunities to live from one end of this beautiful country uh, to the other. I've had opportunities to travel throughout Europe. So now when I have some time, I like to stay at home and just enjoy my surroundings at home. I've become a homebody, Lynn. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah. So did you enjoy a a book over the weekend or just relaxing? A lot of gardening. Um, I did actually work most of of, the weekend in my new career, but yes, I Mm -hmm. did have some time to enjoy some gardening and my... My cat, who recently lost his brother, he's a little more needy now, so he's taking mm. a bit more time. I'm debating whether or not to get him another kitten. I think you should. Mm, <laughs> yes, a lot of people do. Uh, there's my vote. Because <laughs> uh, I don't have to do any of the work looking after them. But uh, anyway. Well, you certainly have your work cut out for you, Lynn, as the horse whisperer. That's quite a story about Arrow. That's amazing. Yeah, he was a really good boy this weekend. Every, every time I take him out, um, you know, he's he's more calm and really becoming a good trail horse. So, yeah, really pleased with him. Very yeah. good boy. Um, yeah, so uh, now down to our topic. You spent 22 years in the mainstream media. Um, what made you change that career? Oh, a couple of things. Um I think the start of um, a psychic change for me came when I was the first Toronto reporter on the scene of the Swiss air crash. Uh, It happened in Peggy's Cove. I'm from Nova Scotia, and I just happened to be in that area visiting my sister. I was on holiday. Right. And at the time, I was employed with one of the larger um, Toronto media outlets, And as was the course of my life then, I was a media junkie. I used to awaken at, you know, about 2, 3 a.m. And I would start my day um, basically soaking up all the the overnight news that I may have missed. So I was on CNN the day the crash was unfolding, and I called my news director in Toronto, and I said, I'm like 10 miles away from the site of the crash and she said well get there immediately sure so I did and what unfolded for me was unlike anything I had ever experienced it was um, a media frenzy unlike anything I'd ever seen before there were reporters from all over the world covering this disaster that was unfolding so after I was there for a day and reporting on this uh, disaster. I decided by that time they had um, they had brought in a couple of other reporters from our media outlet, and I decided to take another course 
I started interviewing people because what I was witnessing was that when this disaster unfolded, this was um, 1998, in September of 1998, and it was just a week before my wedding anniversary, and Nova Scotians are unique in the sense that um, they are very loving, giving, nurturing people. Anyone who's mm-hmm. ever spent any time in Nova Scotia, it's it's a unique... Absolutely. The, the, the Maritimes, the Atlantic provinces are unique within Canada. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the outpouring of affection and compassion was overwhelming to me, and I wanted to talk about that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about the countless people who were coming forth to say... All these people who are coming across the ocean to mourn their loved ones, you cannot put them in a hotel. They cannot be with strangers mm-hmm. at this time. You know, we have uh, extra bedrooms. Please place these people in our homes. So that is the line of uh, news that I chose to cover. Right. And I remember talking to my news director, who was a woman, um, which kind of underlines my disappointment with uh, the direction that media has been. She said to me after one of my reports, she said, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? She said, I want to see the blood and feel the pain. Hmm. And something inside of me died that day. Um, You know, I mean, and I was used to in, you know, being in the vocation of journalism and mainstream media, uh, you you may have heard if it bleeds it leads and you know it's an unfortunate commentary right. of of that industry but it's true but something changed in me today now that was 1998 it took a couple of more years because this was something that had defined who I was for my adult life for sure so making yeah. a decision to step away from it wasn't easy but I did decide to uh, start looking for something on a smaller scale. So I did, in a couple of years' time, find a news director position in a small town uh, because that's really where I, I launched my career in, at a, a small heritage radio station in Sydney, Nova Scotia, Cape Breton Island. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I thought, well, let's get back to my roots. Let's go back to a heritage radio station where I can perhaps be more autonomous in my career and what we are broadcasting. Mm-hmm. So I took a news director position with a heritage station not far from where I lived, and I was quite happy for about a year there, and then things started to fire up with the Americans wanting oil, and George Bush decided to declare an illegal war on Iraq. Mm -hmm. And around that time, um, I was concerned because what I had watched as well then in my 22-year career at that time was uh, a concentration of media that was unsettling to me. But, you know, we had gone just from my lifetime alone uh, over a half century, we had gone from easily 50-plus media outlets down to about four or five. Wow. So the concentration of media was concerning to me, and the fact that... Um, basically all of our global news was being controlled by four, generally four American conglomerates and media. So mm-hmm. I decided, again, when the um, Iraq war was unfolding on CNN, uh, they were, their headline was shock and awe. 
Right. Yeah. I decided to lead my news that day with what we were doing um, in our community on a <clears throat> excuse me on a humanitarian level uh, via the Red Cross. So I interviewed mm-hmm. the director of the local Red Cross and what um, that organization was doing on a humanitarian level to help all the innocent people who were being illegally bombed in George Bush's illegal war. And after my six o'clock broadcast, my news director, or my, I was the news director, my boss, uh, called me and said, where is our war coverage? Mm-hmm. And I said, there's all kinds of it on CNN, and I am not walking down that path. Mm-hmm. So that really, I guess what went, that was in 2002. So that was the deciding factor for me to walk away, that I had seen something evolve with mainstream media that was just in total conflict uh, with my conscience. Uh, People were not hearing uh, the facts anymore. Uh, We were hearing what Americans wanted us to hear. The American propaganda was deafening. So I decided to step away from it and um, dedicate my life to positive media. I'm passionate about positive media. There are far more good things and good people in the world than we ever hear about. So Mm -hmm. I've dedicated my life to that. And I encourage everyone now to take the diet that really works, a media fast. Don't don't watch, read, or listen to news and see how much your life improves. <laughs> right, right. Um, yes, I think that I think that you know it only you know one time when I do notice how much American propaganda we get is if I'm on vacation. Um, you know, in a in a country where we're not getting the American news, and mm-hmm. you know, whatever is going on in the world, there's always a different slant to it there, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're always seeing something different than what we're watching here at home. Yeah. Um, well, I'm thankful we live in in, in a, a time of um, you know internet where people can access uh, truth right. if they seek it when when we are just receiving all of these messages without making a choice about what we're hearing and what yeah. we want to be informed about then that's when it becomes propaganda yeah well it's time for us to go for a break so let's do that and um and we'll we'll talk more about the the headlines when we come back is there a contribution that you dream of making In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. 
Celebrate with Lynn. The topic of the show today is the influence of the media on our lives. Uh, my guest is Tanya McIntyre. Um, Tanya, just before break, you know, we were you were talking about how we have that opportunity now to um, research things a little bit more on our own with with the internet. Um, I always find the headline. Um, can often be misleading on on a story. Um, can you do a little, just make a little comment about about the headlines and and how if we don't go any further than that, um, you know, what are we really getting about the story? Well, absolutely. I mean, I don't even think we can check our email now without uh, seeing some kind of say, sensational headline that is trying to get us to actually go to the story and oftentimes the headlines have very little to do with the story. Um, We are inundated with sensational headlines. That's the job of the media, to perpetuate Mm -hmm. fear and doubt. That was my job. Um, The more sensational you could make the headline, the better. Right, Um, right. And it's a very difficult thing to to stay away from if you don't make a concentrated effort. Right. It does, t- it does take work to not absorb all the negativity that's around us because, you know, at, at any given time in a day, conservatively, we're absorbing between fifty and 70,000 thoughts, messages a day. That's very conservative. And most of wow. those are negative. I suppose, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I know. I, I received a, an email just this past week, and it was asking uh, for prayers for a certain area of the world where atrocities are going on. And because we're, you know, we were dealing with this topic today, I did. I, I could feel the anxiety rising in me um, mm-hmm. as, as I read that. As I read that email. Um, so, how do we be? Res- take a responsible approach that we're aware of things without um, without getting caught up in, in this fear and doubt um, of the media? Well, I think it's important to define what's important in your life. Um, most of the global news has no relevance to our life, and that may mm-hmm. seem a little flippant to say that, but, you know, I mean, really, Lynn, when you think about it, what effect can we have on right. what's going on in the Middle East? Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. So we can, we can make a choice to take a moral high ground and um, stop buying in to American propaganda, start educating yourself on what's important to you. Make a choice about what you want to be informed about and then seek the information from responsible sources. Mhm. Mhm. I I know as as far as you know financial planning when you said the headlines elicit fear and doubt um mm-hmm. you know that's often what is um is elicited when clients read a headline. And often the person reporting uh especially in the financial industry really doesn't know the implications of what they're reading. But they are reading mm-hmm. those those headlines, and 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 unless you're asking yourself some questions about 
Um, you know, I always tell my clients, please call me when, you know, if you're concerned with how a headline is going to affect your investments, please call me because most of the time it's not going to affect you at all. Right. But, you know, the headline would make you believe that the world is never going to be the same again. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Warren Buffett was uh, renowned for uh, saying whatever the rest of the world is doing and investing in, do the opposite. Right, right, right. Yeah, so definitely don't follow the headlines as your guide. <laughs> no. I mean, the purpose, and, I, and I'm embarrassed to admit this now, Lynn, and, and I'm embarrassed to say it took me 22 years to have this realization, that the, my whole job as a broadcast journalist was to perpetuate fear and doubt and to endorse corporate and government agendas. And in, in so doing that, what we do by perpetuate fear and doubt is we create uh, a mass population that is complacent, fearful, and will follow the mass, whatever the masses are doing. They will stay in jobs that are unfulfilling and not making them happy because we are taught to become debt slaves. And I'm sure you see this all the time in your line of work. Um, you know, kids are going into university coming out with 50000 plus worth of debt to be no more um, competitive in this marketplace that we've created in capitalism than they would be if they had uh, learned how to become more entrepreneurial and think for themselves instead of going into mainstream education and buying into the idea that a PhD will make you more marketable in right. a society that creates, uh, you know, a, a complacent mass of people to be uh, taxpayers, obedient taxpayers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I know that sounds, that sounds a bit alarmist, but in my 22 years as a broadcast journalist, that's exactly what I witnessed, is that the more right. you perpetuate fear and doubt and keep people enslaved in debt and stuck in jobs that they hate to be those uh, complacent, obedient taxpayers, then it was it was a it was a good reliable source for the government. Mm-hmm. Continue to pay your taxes and support the machine. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. So you um, you advocate a media fast. Um, how does that work? Um, I know you have some uh, some guidelines for this on your website. Um, how would we start? Well, I think you start by a routine. We we become our daily habits and the choices that we make on a daily basis. So decide what it is that's important to you. What's important for you to know? Uh, for me, I don't. I haven't picked up a newspaper in ten years. What I do gravitate toward is community news, what's going on in my community, because that is what's going to affect my life on a daily basis. I want to know what's going on in my community. I want to be in touch with my community because it's where I live, it's where I work. Um, I can't be inundated with media headlines about what's going on globally that I have absolutely no control over. Right. So I think just being aware of 
the negative messages that we absorb. Uh, even having the radio on in the background while you're driving to mm-hmm. expose yourself to the headlines, the news, even commercials, even some lyrics in songs. Absolutely. Can affect yeah. your vibration. Mm-hmm. So I'm just be aware of what you're allowing yourself to absorb because mm-hmm. we're all vibrational beings. The whole purpose, I think, for me at least, is to keep my vibration positive. And that takes a daily effort because there are so many negative influences. So it does take a concentrated effort. Um, for, and I'm, I'm not kidding. Don't watch, read, or listen to news and see how much your life improves. Mm-hmm. So my challenge is, you know, you don't have to totally eliminate media from your life. That, that would be impossible. But be selective about the media that you allow into your life. And right. not just media, but even song lyrics and negative people. Mm-hmm. There are some people that are better to love from a distance than. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless your heart. <laughs> what, a, what a nice way of saying that. Um, yes, I know the news is always on at our house in the morning. That's what we would, you know, we get out of bed, turn on the news, and have our coffee. So this mm. week, also, you know, in anticipation of this show, I've been getting up and doing something else, which has, you know, that's meant that, you know, something got tidied up or a load of laundry got put in the wash or something got done, <laughs> uh, rather than me sitting there watching the news as well. Um, the other the other thing that I changed years back, you know, probably 10 years ago, I used to go to sleep watching all the Law and & Order and all the crime shows, too. And then one night I woke up, and you know, and I and I caught sort of the theme of the show playing in my head, and I thought, okay, that's not a good thing. To, <laughs> that's not a good thing to have playing in your in your dreams. So, uh, so I, uh, I, you know, when I sit down in the evening, I'm just looking for a sitcom or something to relax me. Not uh, not that type of a show as well. So I think it's it funny. is all very. Yeah. Yeah, it's all uh it's all it's all part of it. So so the media fast just begins with um with being a little um not taking um just taking some stock of how it's affecting us and um and, and I suppose if we turn away from some of it that's that's a start. Absolutely. And seek out sources of good news. There are all kinds of sources of good news now. We live in this, um, we are so lucky to live in this age of technology where just a, a point and click can bring us to what we seek and desire. So there's all kinds of sources of good news. Um, the Good News Network, uh, I think it's the goodnewsnetwork.org is one of my favorite places to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is Sunny Skies, uh, spelled okay. S-K-Y-Z, sunnyskies.com. There are countless, I list um, more than a dozen of them on my media fast plan, so that's a good place to start. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't aware of, of uh, the sunny skies um, and, the, and the good news, so that's, that's really good. We'll, uh, we'll all have to check those out <clears throat> and see mm-hmm. how we can uh, add some of that to our, uh, to our lives as well. And the reading uh, materials that you choose. Um, mm-hmm. One of my uh, acquaintances from the Burlington-Oakville area of Ontario 
Julie Boyer, she has written an amazing book. It's one of my go-to books every day. It's called 30 Days of Gratitude. Okay. And it's it's a gratitude program that will literally change your life. She gives you a step-by-step guide of, of how on day one you start your day with gratitude, day two, how to create a, an important evening ritual, day three, the power of our words. Every day you have a, a go-to guide to take you on this journey of 30 days of gratitude. It truly is life-changing. I highly recommend it. I would, yes, so, I will I will definitely try that. It'd be nice to put that out, that uh, it'd be nice if there was a group of people kind of working through that for uh, for support. I'm de- definitely going to look that up. Um, it's funny you should say that, Lynn, because we have a group of people who meets on a monthly basis. We are called the Law of Attraction Focus Group. And we meet on the last Tuesday of every month, and we we talk about law of attraction, how to get it working in our lives, um, a lot of positive philosophy material, and it's we become the company we keep. So when you make a conscious effort to stay in the company of positive people, that too can be life-changing. Okay. Maybe since you're talking about that, you should tell people how they could... Um uh find out more information about that since that's come up right now. Well, I became a big fan of Meetup, meetup.com when I lived in Spain okay. because I needed to find English-speaking people who were like-minded. So I used Meetup to get in touch with people who could speak English and who had the same interests. So when I came back to Canada, I wanted to be, again, selective in how I was spending my time and who I was spending my time with. So I thought, what, what better way to do that than go on to meetup.com and find groups that are on the same page. Okay. So then I decided, I kind of inherited a, a group. I had started my own, and then I was going to another one, and um, the organizer of that one stepped down, and I took over. So that has evolved into the Law of Attraction focus group. We meet in Cambridge, Ontario, on the last Tuesday of every month. Okay. So you can find us on on meetup.com. Okay, and the name of the group again was? The Law of Attraction Focus Group. Okay, that's easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's good, that's good. Um, Speaking of Law of Attraction, Lynn, um, I'm a big fan. Anyone who follows me in any, in any way, shape, or form knows that I am a, a Law of Attraction junkie now. So I've gone from Mm -hmm. being a media junkie to a law of attraction junkie. Mm -hmm. And I'm a huge fan of Michael Lozier, and he is um, an iconic Canadian law of attraction author expert. He lives in Victoria, British Columbia, and he wrote a book called Law of Attraction a few years before The Secret came out. Now, everyone has heard about The Secret, I'm sure. Right. Uh, But... The success, the commercial success of The Secret actually catapulted Michael Lozier into a a blockbuster bestseller because he had already written the book. Mm -hmm. The The Secret kind of, you know, touches on Law of Attraction a little bit, but Michael Lozier, I also call him the how-to guy because his book, Law of Attraction, is one of those books that you can pick up, flip to any page, and immediately have the, the tools, the worksheets, the exercises that you need to increase your vibration and start attracting more positive things to your life. So I love Michael mm-hmm. Lozier as well. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, 
Now, we better, so we have a bit of time to talk about this bucket challenge thing. We'd better go to that. Um, your um, video about uh, the bucket challenge, your response to the whole thing was unique. Uh, tell us about why you chose to do things the way you did and how you handled that. Well, the Ice Bucket Challenge was a huge uh, marketing success, as everyone knows. It, um, it's still on Facebook every day. Mm-hmm. And people were going back and forth with challenges. Now, the whole purpose of the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge was that if you didn't donate, you dumped a, a bucket of ice water over your oh, head. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, I, I kind of missed that. <laughs> <laughs> so pe- people were doing, um, I mean, it just became viral very quickly. Right. So it was a huge, huge marketing success. And when my sister was challenged by a friend of hers, she had already spent the day participating in the Mud Hero um, fundraiser in Toronto. So as part of that, they were raising money, I think, for the Make-A-Wish Foundation and another organization and that, too, was a huge success and a lot of fun, if you like um, going through obstacle courses in the mud. My sister yep. did. Uh, she had a lot of fun. And she spent about five minutes in a cold shower after that event to try to remove all the mud from her. <laughs> and she donated, as part of that challenge, um, she donated to ALS. Okay. So I thought, you know, my life has been affected um, beyond words by my nephew. My nephew is now 25. He has Williams syndrome. Williams syndrome is one of those genetic anomalies, um, not unlike Down syndrome. Down syndrome children are affected by a chromosome issue, whereas Williams syndrome children are affected by the absence of the elastin gene. So it's one of those um, genetic anomalies that it just happens. You know, it's, it's nothing that a parent does or doesn't do during the pregnancy term. It's just one of those things that happens. One in 1,000 babies are affected with Down syndrome thereabouts annually. About one in 20,000 babies are affected with Williams syndrome. And about one in 50,000 people are affected with ALS. So when you look at the relative uh, population affected by these uh, disorders, illnesses, ALS um, really, it doesn't affect my life. I'm sure, you know, no doubt it's it's affecting the families of one in 50,000 people annually. But for me, Williams syndrome is the one that sits close to my heart and the one that is grossly underfunded. Not many people are aware of it. So I took it as an opportunity to think, you know what, I'm going to donate to a cause that's close to my heart, and I'm going to encourage people to donate to a cause close to their heart instead of just jumping on the Ice Bucket Challenge bandwagon and getting caught up in the media hype. Let's just step back for a moment and think about what's really important to you and your life and your family because everybody I think is affected by one thing or another in life whether mm-hmm. it's cancer diabetes you know heart disease arthritis I mean you name it all down the line we can go through a whole list of things that are, that are affecting families in one way or another 
So I just wanted to step back from all of the hype that was surrounding this ALS Ice Pocket Challenge to be a little bit selfish to say, this is what's affecting my life. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is where my, I'm going to be donating my money. Yeah. But again, it's it's because of your, your background that, that the hype, that you recognize the hype and and you because you have stepped back from the hype in other ways too, right? So that was a, more of a natural thing for you to do now than perhaps it would have been some years ago. Definitely, because I think as a society, we are, we're social animals. Our instinct is to be accepted, to follow the crowd, to, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're always vying for popularity. It starts with us in school, among our friends. And I, I can remember my dad saying countless times, you know, if all your friends jumped over the bridge, would you go with them? <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's and it's very true, you know, as as influential children, that's when we start getting programmed to follow right. the crowd, to do what's popular, to do things that yep. will not make us unpopular. Mhm. Mhm. And I mean, we can't, you know, it it's been a very successful um campaign. It's it's been fun. There's, it's been entertaining, and you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a little bit of fun with your giving. I don't think everything has to be, you know, always totally serious. But um, you know, one of the messages to our show is um, that we do give some thought to what we're giving to. I mean, you talked about some statistics. Um, you know, as far as deaths per year, ALS is 600 deaths per year um, mm-hmm. in Canada compared to 72,000 deaths from cancer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so so there are, and the other thing was this this thing was so successful um, that this campaign raised more than 70 million dollars compared to 2.5 million in their last year's campaign. Exactly. So it was a great way to raise money, um, but maybe not the right reason for us to donate. Mm-hmm. And right, as Carol, because- our producer on the show says, you know, she says at least the intent was positive. Absolutely. The intent was positive. The media hype that surrounded the whole thing, um, you know, it, it, was, it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch all yes, our friends and family get soaked with ice water. It was a fun thing to right. do. All I wanted to try to encourage people to do is to step back and think about where they were donating their money. Right, right. I, I think it's, um, you know, we we spend more time deciding what we're going to do on the weekend or more time um, considering where we're going to order a pizza on Friday night and what we're going to put on it sometimes than what we do to really with intention, decide where we're going to uh, donate those charitable dollars that that we have to offer. Exactly. And it's interesting to realize as well, Lynn, that if you do kind of a per capita measurement, it's the people who can least afford the donation who are the first to donate. Mm -hmm. And coming from your background in financial planning, it's... 
it's something to really encourage people to think about. If you are going to be donating your hard-earned dollars, yeah. think about where you want that money to go, what you want it to represent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when, and when you look at, uh, it's always good to look at what you're giving as a percentage of, mm-hmm. of income and, and percentage of net worth and all of those things. And it puts it in perspective that, um, you know, a lot of people without great means are making a big contribution. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, um, so yes, I certainly appreciated your uh, response to um, that challenge. And you know what? Right now is a good time for us to go to break, and we'll chat again soon. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on a AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Hello again, this is Lynn Wedham on Step Right with Lynn. Today I'm chatting with Tanya McIntyre. We've been talking about the influence of the media and we've discussed the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. There's something else that is um, that Tanya is passionate about, and what I'd like to ask you now, Tanya, is what advice would you give to a teenager with a big dream? Oh, that is my passion, Lynn, for sure, is talking to teenagers. I go to schools uh, in, in this area, in the Kitchener-Waterloo, Cambridge area, and a group of professionals volunteer our time to do various presentations to teenagers who are making life choices, career choices. And I'm passionate about it because I remember being in grade 10. I went to a Catholic high school in Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. And I remember wanting to be a foreign correspondent. As I mentioned, I'm, I'm a bit of a news junkie and I used to watch global news and I would see these reporters covering global events. They were called foreign correspondents. So I, right. I knew that I um, definitely had a passion for media, global events, and travel. So I wanted to travel covering right. global events. So I said to my guidance counselor, I want to be a foreign correspondent. How do I go about that? And she said, oh, no, 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 dear. That is no vocation for a lady. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, 
So one sentence from somebody uh, who I perceived to have great authority in my life in school, she derailed my dream in one sentence. Wow. And it happens a lot to teenagers, whether it comes from a guidance counselor, a teacher, a parent, one of your peers. We We are influenced, programmed in a variety of ways. So one of my passions is to try to connect with teenagers to let them know that there are lots of options, that the most important thing you can do is define your dream early on and focus on it. Focus on the dream. Don't be derailed by someone in authority. And I do that with what I call my entrepreneurial presentation. I think um, if teenagers are encouraged to think for themselves, to think away from the masses, Uh, try to step away from your peer group to concentrate on what's important to you, not what's important to your peers or your parents or your teachers or the school or the government or whatever. What's important to you? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want your life to stand for? So I know it's hard for teenagers to kind of think that far ahead because, you know, I mean, the life revolves around us when we're teenagers. And, you know, now that I'm in my 50s, I can still reflect back to my feelings, all my emotions, my thoughts, uh, my challenges as a teenager. So age doesn't really change that mindset so much. So the fact that I can reflect back to exactly the challenges and all the emotions that I was facing as a teenager going out into that big, scary world, uh, you know, we need people instead of discouraging us about pursuing dreams. We need people encouraging us to define and pursue our dreams. So that is definitely one of my passions. What I would tell uh, teenagers, what I do tell teenagers all the time, is that uh, it's a big, beautiful world. You can do whatever it is you want, whatever you put your mind to, and just not, just to try to deflect any naysayers in your life. Mm -hmm. Stay yeah, focused. I, yeah, I think that it's a rather common theme, um, actually, with with guidance counselors, and I believe they're, you know, I believe they, you know, probably say the things they say with good intention, like you know, let's bring you back to reality. Uh, but rather than saying, you know, because sometimes they they feel well, this person doesn't have the marks to do this, or. Um, you know, there, there's something they're seeing, but again, it, they're they're very negative. Um, certainly, with with my daughters, I had some experiences that way with with guidance counselors. And I remember talking to to one of their friends, and and I said, um, you know, he'd had a a very negative experience with a guidance counselor, and I said, do you want me to go to school with you? <laughs> because uh, you know, because it's it's not the time to discourage people. You know, no, when definitely not. when they have and um I was just reading last night um about an organization that that is encouraging um I can't remember the name of the organization um right now, but it was um they hold entrepreneurial camps um for children like grade seven, eight. So not even the high school, um, you know, and it was the steps that that you outlined. So I, it made me wonder whether your um, 
you know, doing this just on your own? This is just you, or are you associated? Um, are you aware of an organization that's doing that too? No, but I'll certainly uh, now yeah, put I'm, my mind uh, to I'm, finding out what that organization is because I think it's a wonderful idea. Well, yeah, because you, you, what, the things you were saying fit uh, exactly with the things I was reading last night. Um, and and the other thing they want to do is they want these entrepreneurial skills, um, you know, starting out with the dream and the idea and who are you going to serve and, and all of these steps and how are you going to get that message to them, how are you going to provide it for people. Um, they want that taught in high schools. So Yay! <laughs> like well and and they were you know they were looking for people actually i you know i think they were looking for teachers but um but yeah i will definitely um look up um the things that i was uh, looking at there yeah um, i'd love to learn more about that Lynn. yeah yeah so we'll we'll have to um we'll have to hook you up um with that as well so, so that um, and just just to give you an idea as well, Lynn, while we're on the topic of education, uh, there's now a government agenda afoot to mm-hmm. create more trade tradespeople. Right. So you will, yeah. So you're now seeing a movement going out, going throughout the schools to encourage people to go into trades instead of uh, pursuing a university education, and that's because the government agenda has to fulfill so many tradespeople positions in this country if we are going to stay um, viable as an economy. Mm-hmm. So that'll just give you an idea of how government agenda affects things like mainstream media, mainstream education, mainstream anything. We are affected by the agendas of other people who need right. you to fit. You know, if you're a how do they say and, the, and to be uh, an employee. That's right. <laughs> as, exactly. To be an employee as opposed to creating jobs and being an employer. Mhm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I hope this I hope this movement um that you're a part of uh continues to continues to grow Tanya. Um now, you better tell people how they can reach you, Tanya, in case they have questions or, or anyone has, um, you know, anything to, to support you with, um, questions for you, what have you. Um, how can they reach you? Well, my website blog is always a good place to start. That's uh, com. You can access the Media Fast plan there. I did also an, an eight-part series with Michael Lozier on Law of Attraction, how to attract mm-hmm. more of what you want and less of what you don't. So you can access that um, audio series on my website as well. Yep. And I listened to a bit of that yesterday, so I would uh, I would recommend that as well. Excellent. And just when you when you are taking the media fast, don't be overwhelmed by it. My challenge is to have people take this media fast to try it for a week. And I think once you discover how much better you're feeling after that week of a media fast, you are going to want to keep it in your life forever. And it's just a matter of just starting each day with a plan. You know, instead of going directly to your email inbox or Facebook, uh, do something else. Go for a walk, uh, do some stretching, 
uh, read mm-hmm. a book, listen to some nice uh, calming instrumental music. Do just do something else instead yeah. of going following habits that don't serve you. Yes, and I, I think a lot of it is just being aware of how you're being affected. Um, you know, just you know, just listening to your body and feeling the the anxiety. Um, increase as as you listen to some of this news as well Mm -hmm. and not just news but um, music you know we we kind of live our lives on autopilot sometimes we'll just get in the car and turn on the radio and you know we're just absorbing whatever is spewing out of the speakers so just make a conscious decision about what you're allowing your mind to absorb because it really does affect your whole vibration how you're going yeah. to go, go throughout the day if you can make a concentrated effort to have more positivity in your life than negativity then you're going to have a better quality of life for sure for sure and just you know ask asking questions and and being aware i think is uh is is a lot of the message today so thank you so much for sharing with us today tanya you've, thank you've you lynn a, it's been a pleasure yeah, you've got such a great uh, great message to share. Um, so remember, we welcome your comments at Step Right with Lynn. Um, that's the radio show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Send me an email at, at lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P, R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. Let's book a time for that free 30-minute consultation on the telephone. Um, I'm interested to know what you think of the show. I'd like to know what topics you'd like to hear more about uh, and any suggestions you have for guests that that you feel have a story to share, uh, maybe about their contributions to the community. So please feel free to contact me. This is Lynn Wedham, and the show is Separate with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time. Thank you.